Studios. This, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Let's what? go. What? Let's go. <laughs> Welcome to a short work week, everybody. And the After 9 podcast is on for a brand new day. Uh, if you missed Friday, we had some great conversations about extraterrestrial life. And those conversations are going to ramp up big time this week as the U.S. government declassifies even more documents. I'm excited about it. A few people sent me some alternate theories about the universe and what we can see and can't see over the weekend. I'm here for it. I love yeah. it. You know, I'm excited too, but I'm cautiously uh, excited. Like, I, I still do really believe there's going to be so many question marks and nothing's going to be, like, conclusive, you know? And, and that's, mm-hmm. that's to be expected, I think, at this point. But I'm still curious, absolutely. How was your weekend? Weekend was good. I mean, not uh, not really that eventful, um, you know, step one over here. But uh, yeah, no, I had a friend over. I did virtual reality, which I'd done before. But my friend had this crazy zombie game, and I, 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 I've, it was insane. I don't know if you've done a lot of VR before. No, I don't think I ever have, to be really? honest with you. Yeah. Are you afraid of heights? Uh, no, I think I'm pretty good with heights. Really? Okay, see, that's what I thought too, until one of them had me uh, jumping off of cliffs and shit like that, and it was pretty intense. The way they make it is so crazy. But one of the coolest parts, I think, wasn't even the zombie games and the kill people shit. It was just being placed, and one of the apps is you can actually just place yourself in any anywhere, and it's via Google Map. So they use Google Map to put you in any spot in the entire world. And wherever people were taking the, that Google video, that's what you see. So I placed myself first on my street. Oh, cool. Okay, awesome. And, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, you could go to the falls. Okay, cool. Las Vegas. It just gave me FOMO, though. Like, I mean, I'm looking around the strip, and the Google video that's there is pretty recent because people were all wearing masks at the time. And, man, I was just jealous. But anyway, uh, yeah, I had a couple of friends over on the weekend. And, yeah, that was that was really uh, about it. I got some shit done around the house. Otherwise, I had to call the plumber yesterday. That was fun. What? Why? Yeah. Not me? What's that? You didn't call me? You I had a did, home problem no, and didn't call me? I did not call you. I knew that they would be faster than than you would probably. And it was also really early in the morning. But I had noticed in my daughter's bedroom, when you look up in the ceiling, there was something was coming through. So it was, I didn't know, it wasn't dripping, but something was wrong. And we had noticed this for the last week. It's gotten worse. So I'm like, we need to figure out if like the sink's leaking upstairs. Like what the fuck is going on before a bathtub falls into in her room, right? So hey, shout out to Hammond Plumbing and Heating though, because I called, it had to be 8.30 in the morning. Somebody picked up right away. Let me know. All right, we're going to let you know when someone can come out. And I'm like, oh, here we go, right? So I have to stay at home all day for this. Got a call back about 20 minutes later. Someone's on their way. The person came, was done within an hour. Turns out the upstairs toilet, the seal was not on tight enough. So thank God they fixed it. They cleaned up, put a new seal on. Boom, all done. Wow. And that all happened within like a two-hour span. So that could have been a lot worse. So Very efficient. Very efficient. So that's how I spent my my Sunday morning anyway. But uh, yeah, it could have, like I said, it could have been much worse. Okay. I golfed yesterday. I was playing the master's course at Lionhead in Mississauga. And it's sad because they're tearing it down after this year. It sucks that we are losing golf courses, it seems, every year. But I get that it's very valuable real estate to develop homes. So what they're going to do is they're going to tear down one of the nines on the master's course at Lionhead 
it's going to become Holmes, and then it will just become a golf course with three different nines, the Legends and one nine from the Masters. So, it's golfing yesterday, and one of the things that fucking drives me crazy when I'm golfing is if you don't have a foursome, they will usually pair you up with strangers to make it a foursome. They make the most money when there's foursomes going out, yeah, not you know, twosomes or threesomes. I would, can I just say, too, that would be awkward for me. That would be the part that would make me less likely to golf, I think, if I knew. Even if I was going with my friend, that we'd be partnered up with people that maybe we don't like or they have yep. weird habits or they take too long or they're too fast or any of the above, right? Well, you're absolutely right. So the starter says to my dad and I, all right, guys, we're going to pair you up with this group over here. So I look over, and there's these two hacks standing there. I'm thinking, ah, fuck me, because my dad and I are both pretty good golfers. And the first thing these guys said is, hey, guys, we're just learning. Last year was our first year for golf, but we loved it, so we're trying to get better. This is uh, uh, a work in progress. And I was like, fucking shoot me. This is going to suck. This is going to take forever. Oh, my God, these guys are going to be terrible. And, And I'll be honest with you. They were okay, but they weren't great golfers. But that was fine. Because we started having a conversation. And of course, it came up. So what do you guys do? What do you guys do? And my dad and I have always got a decent story because we both work in radio. But for these guys, I was a little starstruck. One of them is an analyst for Sportsnet. So that's good. He's a numbers guy. He's a stats guy. We could talk about anything all day long. Love it. The other guy is a surgeon at Sunnybrook Hospital in Toronto. Wow. So I thought... This is fucking great. I can find out. Hey, what do you really think of the pandemic? What's going on? All that sort of shit. So we were chatting away and he was the nicest guy. Both him and his wife are doctors, both surgeons, and they were both listeners of ours when we worked in Toronto radio. No way. That's so cool. So they couldn't find us on the radio, but they did eventually find us on a golf course. So (laughs) random place to bring back an old listener. It was great. Um, and, And I did ask him, so if you are an orthopedic surgeon. I've heard that a lot of the surgeries got put off because of COVID. So what do you do all day? This is what I love about this guy. He's been working nonstop in vaccination clinics. He said, yeah, a lot of the surgeries that were not urgent did get put off because they had to save that ICU capacity and the operating room capacity. So he hasn't had a whole shit ton to do. So he's been going to different vax clinics and just doing shots. Wow. That's pretty amazing. And I mean, let me give you a comparison here. Me, I host a morning radio show. If I walked into the radio station and the boss said to me, yeah, you know, I mean, there's not a lot of radio stuff to do right now because of the pandemic. So we need you to sweep the floors and take out the garbage. My temptation would be, I'm not taking out the fucking garbage. That's somebody else's job. Right. And that could very easily have been the attitude from a surgeon. I'm not going to a fucking vax clinic dealing with all those people who may or may not have COVID and putting shots in their arms. I mean, I'm a little overqualified to be giving out needles here. Fuck. But he did it because that was what he was asked to do. And he is happy to do whatever he can to help end this shit. And I love that attitude. Yeah. And you would think and being someone in that position, too. I mean, you're right. You're definitely you're a surgeon. So enough said. But at the same time, you got to think about the fact that you would be a part of history on the ground. You know, you'd be there's lessons that you could teach people going forward based on that or even for your own 
hey, like this is what I can do. Look what I accomplished. I was a surgeon in the middle of COVID. I stopped what I was doing. I mean, it's a great story. And I hear more and more about that. People who are who are doctors who don't necessarily do the needles. It's the nurses that work in their offices that that do administer them that are stepping up and doing that too. So if that's you, if you're one of the people and testing, not just vaccinations, but those in the testing clinics too, because same thing goes. When it was all testing, it was all hands on deck. And I know that happened um, to, to a couple of people that I know that work in healthcare, same thing. Some doctors more than willing to step up and said, what can I do? I will work that drive through clinic. I will help you get the tests out. Not a problem. And there were some though that were not, they were like, nope, this is definitely below me. So when you need me again to be a surgeon, let me know. So you definitely get a mixed bag, I think, but that's cool to hear stories like that. I, I, I love hearing that. Well, I just think that when you're a surgeon and there's not a lot for you to do during a pandemic because they've shut down the ICUs and a lot of elective surgeries and so on and so forth, you could very easily sit at home and enjoy your money because you're getting paid a lot of money to do what you do. No, he ran to it. And it makes me think of all those family doctors that just shut up shop. Yeah, fuck it. I'll do some virtual appointments below hip forum, but I'm not actually going to do my job. There's a lot of family doctors that became completely inaccessible during the pandemic, and that was frustrating to a lot of people. So to the ones who could have walked away and taken an extended vacation but didn't, I think that's amazing. By the way, yesterday, 26,000 people vaccinated in one day at Scotiabank Arena. People seemed a little starstruck to be like, oh my goodness, there's the banner from the last time the Leafs won the cup and I can get a shot right here. It was amazing to me how many people had never been in Scotiabank Arena because they can't afford Leafs or Raptors tickets. Wow. That was their ticket in yesterday was to get a vaccine. That's wild to me. Uh, But good job to everybody who has been doing the vaccines. We think that is amazing. And you must have a second dose coming up soon, I would think, right? Yeah, actually, my well, so far, it's uh, like about three weeks out, but I'm hoping I'll be able to get in earlier. You never know. Apparently, like last minute appointments, I'm trying to just check back and see. And so at least three weeks away from that. So I'm going to be like one and a half vax summer cat. (laughs) One and a half vax summer (laughs) cat. I read a really great stat this morning from the fine folks at Pfizer. Actually, it wasn't from them. It was about them. But they did some number crunching and they figured out that not only is Pfizer saving the world with their COVID vaccine, sales of Viagra are up 80% year over year. Uh Is that because grandma and grandpa decided they wanted to start fucking during the the lockdown period there? Or what's going on? Year over year. I'm that's interesting. That is actually interesting because you'd think that there that would be the opposite because less people are, let's say, hooking up with, with randoms. But maybe they are. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's a lot more hookups than I think. Not to assume that that's the only way that you would use it. Um, maybe trying different things. A lot of us, when we were, you know, a little bored at a certain point, especially locked down completely, some people took up baking and some people decided they were going to learn to sew or or, or learn an instrument. Maybe Anal. some people were like, let's take boner pills. Let's fuck. <laughs> let's, let's learn more about fucking. Okay. But wouldn't it be, tell me this. Let's say, for example, you had your choice when you went to the clinic. You could get uh, Moderna. You could get AstraZeneca, you could get J&J, you could get Pfizer, or you could get Pfizer Plus. Everybody wants to celebrate when they get their shot because it's a feeling of relief and a feeling of freedom. And maybe you just want a bone after that. 
stick a little bit of the Viagra serum in your shot. <laughs> Boom. By the time you get home, raging hard on. Oh Just God. a great big pecker it right there. It lasts 15 days. It's a big 15-day <laughs> boner. Well, I mean, uh, Viagra comes in pill form. I imagine the injection version, if such a thing exists, which I'm pretty sure it does, probably comes with a little more potency. Oh, yeah. You got half an hour to figure out who you're going to bang. Let's go. (laughs) Yes, I'd like the Pfizer Plus, please. Give me that one. Uh, Oh, you know who else had sex was Cardi B, now pregnant with her second child. Yeah, she and Offset um, are having another baby. All we know really is, so BET Awards, she was set to perform. We haven't seen much of her on social. If you guys have her on social, you know what I mean, because she's pretty loud on there. But she's been quiet the last little while. Well, this is why. So expect uh, more from her now. But she was performing with Migos, which Offset is in. For those that don't know, that's her Mm -hmm. partner. Offset is in a group called Migos. There's three of them in the group. So she's performing and she comes out and and in this... um, in this number that has like a mesh belly. So it was very obvious that she's pregnant. And at the end kind of gave a little giggle. It was very Beyonce-esque when, I believe it was at the Grammys when she announced her first pregnancy uh, during the performance. So it reminded me kind of of that, honestly. But Cardi after that posted a maternity photo as well. So she's uh, partially nude. It's one of those photos with the plaster. So the white plaster around her breasts and her, her belly. She looks pretty far along too. Um, not to assume, but uh, she's been hiding this for a while, so I'm sure that she actually is quite far along. Uh, but they do look beautiful. The photos are great. So I wonder about those plaster things, because she's certainly not the first person to to do that plaster outline of her pregnant belly and breasts. And for those who don't know, I, I think it's a kit. I don't know where you buy it. Is that like Michael's or Toys R Us? You or where the fuck do you get one of those? Yeah, you could get it at Michael's. Yeah, it's plaster, as long as it's safe for your... For your skin. I'm not sure if that takes a certain kind of plaster. You just have to be careful. You're not like allergic to fucking glue or something. <laughs> so you go and you get this plaster and you you spread it all over your, your pregnant belly and your breasts. And then once it hardens, you just crack it off and boom, you've got a lifelong remembrance of how you looked when you were pregnant. Yes. Okay. So look at this. You can actually find it at Bed Bath & Beyond, for example. Uh, the belly casting kit costs you thirty two ninety nine. My question is, what do you do with it? Mm-hmm. What do you do with it? You take it off and boom, that's what my belly looked like when I was pregnant with you. Like, do you give it to the kid? Do you keep it? Do you hang it on the fucking wall? So- what do you do with it? <laughs> you, you could literally, the options are absolutely endless. So as I'm glancing now, I mean, you could use it as, uh, like you said, um, you could go ahead and, and have it painted a nice color, hang it on the wall. There are some people that used it as a mold for a cake for the baby shower. No, Really? Sh- no, that was shit- the cake mold? Not shitting you. So they had a mold made after the plaster was off to make a cake pan that was the exact belly and boobs and then made a cake out of out of their belly and boobs. Um, some people just straight up hang it up on the wall uh, or create other things out of it, mini ornament mock-ups of it, from what I can see here. That t- seems like a lot of fucking work. Are you even going to care after a while, are you? Right. Um, but anyway, yeah, so there's a lot of different options to it. Yeah, well, what would you use it for? Well, this is what I'm trying to figure out. I mean, I'm thinking of the practical side of this, and let's be honest, Cardi B is stacked. She's got a very uh, generous chest. I don't. Yeah, I don't she's know. got big boobs. She's got big boobs. Is that what you, how you want to say? It? Huge. Just yeah. massive. <laughs> this would be a really good punch bowl. 
Oh, a punch bowl. You could use this for punch or chips and dip. Hear me out on this. Everybody knows what it looks like. You take it off the belly and you got your two boobs there. Boob one and boob two. You throw a little bit of salsa in one side. You the, the right boob, you throw some sour cream in there and you fill the belly with chips. What do you think? You know, yeah, did I just create a million I'm, dollar idea? Oh, I'm just trying to now. Where would you would you just serve this at any occasion, or just the 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 shower, or just surprise people and they're like, "Oh, this is a great dip. Where'd you get it?" And they're like, "Thanks, you're eating it out of my belly, my tits." <laughs> like, do you just surprise people with it at a random occasion, like Christmas time? Yeah, you know, I, I'm thinking I could be over at uh, somebody's house and you know, just oh, here, let me dip that uh, tostito there in a little bit of sour cream or queso and. Oh, what a unique chips and dip bowl. Where'd you get this? What, is this Bed Bath & Beyond? Yes, it is. It happens to be. <laughs> uh, you know, not a bad idea if you want to really use it. Um, I have seen, I am looking at actually a lot of pictures where people use it and put their baby inside it after the baby is born to take photos. Really? So the mold is done up. Yep. And then they you place the baby back inside of it for a photo op. Oh. It's interesting. Yeah, maybe it's just foreign to me because I've never uh, been through any of that. Uh, I think I was raised fairly straight up normally in that I never had anything like that or photos done. My baby photos were me in a crib or me with my mom being held. Uh, I I had never been through that experience. So if that's you and that's what you're planning. uh, Your kids don't have anything like that? No. No, am I in the wrong here? Like there was oh, no, there was no gender reveal. I didn't blow anything up or burn anything down. I didn't piss off my neighbors to announce to my friends what I'm having—a boy or a girl. It's just when they were born. It's like, oh, cool. Let's take a picture of the baby. Here's a picture of the baby, and that's good. <laughs> I didn't have to plaster her belly and stick the kid back in it or anything like that. Look. It's kind of weird. It's different now. It's very showy. You know, even when I think back to when I was born and I look at the photos that I have and my mom did like a, I believe she did do a maternity shoot. That said, like those, the maternity shoots can be very beautiful, very tasteful uh, and lovely. And some women are into it. Some women aren't. And that's okay too. But it, it definitely is different in that way. We're more showy now because we have those platforms. Oh, got to show everybody on social media. So that's why we usually try to go above and beyond when it comes to either announcements or maybe it is a reveal or body casting and placing your baby inside. You want to show that off a little bit more today than you would have 20, 30 years ago. Is there any sort of an inclination to to get the whole moment captured where you get the the pregnant belly and breasts in plaster? Like, should dad be doing one, too? Should he pop a Viagra and put some plaster around it and be like, hey, here's the rest of where you came from? You can put your breadsticks in this one. <laughs> what, where's the dick mold? What are, we, what are we doing with that one? It's a pencil holder is what it is. <laughs> Can you imagine? Well, we think you're old enough now that we'd like to gift you with this from when you were born. Here's a plaster uh, outline of your mom's belly and her breasts. And here's dad's dick. (laughs) (laughs) That is so creepy. That is so creepy. Don't do the dick mold. I'm sure people have. You know, you can. I might do it just to weird people out. There is actually a company, and I forget how I even heard about this. Do not judge me because I know this information. I just know it. I know random things. But there actually is a company where you can uh, mold a plaster of your parts so that you can make a sex toy for your partner based on your Uh, part. They sell those at uh, a lot of the sex shops. Yeah. 
a neat idea. I mean, if you can't always be there when she's ready, then here. Well, I mean, just take my dick. You, I'm busy, yeah, but here's my dick. Yeah, Go yeah. ahead. Have fun. If you curve a little to the left and it's really hard to find anything that uh, matches that, hey, you've got a replica right there. <laughs> and see, you know, maybe that's good. Maybe that that inspires some intimacy in your relationship. It's just the process is kind of fucking dirty. Like, I've got these weird visions of if I were to try and make one, number one, uh, your dick's going to get pretty messy. And and if I know uh, silicone or whatever it is that it's made out of, it's going to smell a little weird for a little while. So there's that. But then you got to stand there like a fucking asshole with uh, dipping your dick in your hard dick in silicone or plaster or something like that. Like, that's a weird fucking thing for the 10, 15 minutes it takes for it to harden. And when you when you take it off, just I hope you shaved. Yeah. Can you imagine? Oh, there's a bunch of fucking pube outlines in there. <laughs> Fuck. It's gross. <laughs> How much shit is this woman in that caused the crash at the Tour de France on the weekend? Oh, I can't. Scott, I can't wait to find out. I don't know. Well, I know what she was thinking. Here we go back to the she was being showy. And you can tell based on this um, angle that I'm watching from above the Tour de France massive crash, the collision that happened. It was her that was collided into uh, that she was trying to take a photo. And that's how what I think went down. It was what was it? Stage one or phase one, whatever they call it, of the Tour de France. If you guys haven't seen this video, you can go to scottandcat.ca. A lot of the stuff we talk about is up on our website. That was a little closer than 126 as they've gone under that banner. Oh, oh the passive crash there. What has happened? Right on oh. the side of the road there. Look at this. I don't know what's happened there. Maybe they clipped the crowd, but whatever has happened, they are in a right mess down there at the moment now. How many riders? That is a massive crash, Bob. It's completely... It was a jumbo, Visma ride. Oh, my, oh my goodness me. Oh, it was the sign that the rider in front hit, and that is the result. So in the video, you can see... What was happening here was this lady just wanted to get a nice selfie of her holding up a sign. And the sign apparently is part French, part German. It means go grandpa, grandma. But it's a little of both languages. So Mm -hmm. that makes me feel like maybe she's got grandparents. She wanted to take a photo and show it to them. Like, hey, I'm at the Tour de France, grandma, grandpa. The problem is she's right in the fucking way of the cyclists. So one cyclist rams into her. And obviously, there you have it. It causes a massive domino effect. Dozens of cyclists hit the floor, are injured. I'm not sure if any of them were hospitalized, but uh, a lot of injuries from it. Some of them obviously didn't get to race because this chick wanted to hold up a sign. Her arm got smoked by the biker, and you could see the video in slow-mo too to see what happened exactly because it wasn't necessarily the sign. It was her arm sticking out that the guy ran right into. Everybody else went down. So now they're saying... So the woman's on the run, as you can imagine. She probably ran so fucking fast after she realized what she had just done. Mm -hmm. They haven't found her yet. I'm not even sure if they've identified her. I don't know if you've heard if they've identified her. I don't think they have, but I mean, is it a criminal charge? She didn't really do anything wrong. I mean, there's a million and one people who have done stupid shit trying to find a photo that they liked. So, I mean... The fact that she happened to clip one of the riders that was going by, there was no barrier or barricade there to separate the crowd from the bikers. I don't know if they're actually going to charge her criminally, but there's people who are professional cyclists. Getting to the Tour de France is like making it to the World Series, and they're getting fucked here because this woman wanted a photo and Mm -hmm. they crashed into her. Yeah, they're suing her. Like, that's for sure. As soon as they identify her, they will be suing her. Uh, The Tour de France themselves, that board, will 
and I'm not sure what it, if it says anything else about charges, but they do plan to to sue. I don't. I feel like if you're a cyclist too, you're like, yeah, I, I, I'm going to sue you as well. I was involved in that. You fucking yeah. asshole. Like, I'd like a piece of that. I'm not sure what you're going to be able to get out of the person. Like, when you sue someone who actually doesn't have money, how does that work? Mm, I don't. Well, I mean, I think you can have a judgment against them for a while, and as money comes in, you can take little bits of okay. it. But okay. I mean, if you sue them and win a million dollars, unless they have a million dollars, it's going to be a very slow climb mm-hmm. to get that money. I think that might be one of those cases, unless this happens to be someone who's very well off. I, I don't. I don't see it being a, a big thing for them. But they are again still trying to find her. And uh, at last check, they're just helping. They have a, tons of investigation. This is a big deal in France. So they're talking about it all over the place there. Two more things I want to mention before we uh, wrap things up for today. Number one, how are your kids with veggies? They hate the veggies. Do mm. you make them eat them? Do they ask for them? Yeah, so a little bit of everything. I've got, uh, like, my four-year-old loves broccoli, eats it no problem. My younger one, there's a couple. She's starting to get pretty picky. I hide spinach in their smoothies and kale and everything else that I can. So in a lot of cases, I hide a lot of shit in their food, for the most part, just to make sure they're getting what they need. You sneaky bitch. Yeah, yeah. They're delicious, (laughs) though. I mean, they never complain. Bananas cover everything. So if I put banana in there, they don't fucking know. Researchers at Penn State decided to study kids and the age-old problem for parents. What do you do when you've got a picky eater at the table? How do you make them get those nutrients by making them eat their vegetables? The answer is actually fairly simple. After they studied these kids for multiple years, they figured out if you want your kids to eat a healthy serving of vegetables every day, put twice as many vegetables on their plate. If the healthy serving is two carrots and one piece of broccoli, You've got to put four carrots and two pieces of broccoli. And by that, they will probably get the standard recommended serving amount because they're not going to eat them all. But they feel like they're pulling a uh, they're doing enough if they just eat like a bite or two. Make sense. Put two of them on or double the serving. That makes sense. You're going to right off the bat. They're not going to be happy about it when if they see and they notice, hey, this pile looks bigger than the last pile of broccoli you tried to feed me. But but (laughs) what's going on around here? But how it works for most households is, okay. you got to give me show me that you've at least tried to eat it. Right. Give me give me like half. Give me half. So if you do it and that works for you, then that's a great solution. Yeah, I mean, kids are really stupid. You can con them into a lot of shit. If you put twice the amount of vegetables on there and say, okay, fine, you don't have to eat it all. Just eat half. They're actually eating the same amount and they don't fucking get it. It's yeah, so great know. how you can pull the wool over their eyes. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> True. Uh, this has gone viral. Over three and a half million views. There is um, an animal shelter in Cincinnati, Ohio, that just posted a TikTok celebrating the 19th birthday of one of their cats. This cat looks fucking miserable. Oh. Like it is. I mean, all animals are beautiful, granted, but this is an ugly cat. Yeah. It's a really ugly cat. It looks like it is pissed right off. Is it on it death's door? It doesn't want to be on camera. It's, it, it's 19. Is it on death's door at this point? Like, is it fucking already half dead? The cat doesn't look like it is even alive. It's almost in like sort of a lucid state. Oh. But yeah, they threw a 19th birthday party for it. Wow. They put it on TikTok and people are so amazed by A, how ugly this cat is and B, the fact that it's 19... That now it's just got a lineup of people that want to adopt it. Can we be honest here? Yeah, please. 
It's 19. Yeah. Cats don't live to 19. You can adopt this cat, but seriously, don't get too fucking attached to it. No, you're basically the place it's going to go to die. So just have a comfortable area for it, and you know that you're going to have to go through a loss of a pet very soon. Lots of love, lots of attention, spoil the shit out of it, and make the last little while great. But again, I mean, having said that, it shouldn't have lived to 19. I guess there's nothing to say it won't live to 25. Like, it's already yeah. defied the odds. It might keep defying the yeah, odds. You know what? Probably. You ne- you never know. What's the world's oldest cat? I feel like we can find this out pretty quick. But imagine you got that and you thought, okay, you know what? I'm going to be around for the next year. I'm not going. I'm not traveling anywhere. I do love cats. I've been through uh, the loss of a cat before. I know what to expect. Um, so I've got this, right? Okay, here it is here. So you get this cat and you think, okay, end of days is near. I have a year. Well, the world's oldest cat lived for 38 years. Fuck off. Imagine you happen to get the cat that also lived for 38 years. You'd feel conned. Like, oh, they they fucked me over at that shelter. I took this cat in. I was doing a nice thing. I thought, all right, I'll just give it a great home for its final few months and really let it know it was loved. And then it ends up living another 19 years. I'd be like, what in the actual fuck is going on here? (laughs) Somebody owes me money. These cats aren't cheap. That's insane. Last but certainly not least, from your youth, do you remember the game Tiddlywinks? Oh, yeah. That's the thing with the little chips, and I don't even know how it's played, but I do remember it. Yeah, a fun game, I think, for the most part. There was strategy and skill involved. There was uh, all these little discs. They were about the size of a dime, and you used one of them, and you had to use it to flick the other one into a cup. Whoever had the most in the cup at the end won. That's how you win Tiddlywinks. Well, a 45-year-old woman in New Zealand, her name is Mary, went for a COVID test. And the doctors did what doctors do during a COVID test. They jammed that fucking swab up her nose and it wouldn't go. And they were like, huh, this doesn't look good. There may be something wrong with your sinus here. We're going to send you for a CAT scan and an X-ray. So they sent her for a CAT scan and an X-ray. And then they called the woman back in and, okay, we figured out why this swab won't go up your nose. You got a tiddlywink stuck up there. There it is. And that's when it all came crashing back to reality for little Mary here. Mary remembered that 37 years ago, she was playing with her tiddlywinks, and she used to like to play a game where she'd stick one in her nose and then one in the other nostril and try and see how far she could evacuate them when she blew her nose. (laughs) Oh, my God. What a stupid game. (laughs) One of them got stuck and she was shit scared to tell her parents that she stuck a tiddlywink up her nose. So she just left it there. Wow. When I was eight years old, I was playing tiddlywinks outside and I put a tiddlywink in each nostril and then would blow them to see how far they would go. But one time I did it, I accidentally inhaled it. Fast forward 35 years later, had a COVID test. Obviously, it had dislodged the tiddlywink that was inside. They did a CT scan and found that there was something inside my nose. So they had to take it out, obviously. 37 years later, they take it out through the mouth, in case you're wondering, which just seems horrific. my God. That's, yeah, that's that's nasty. Was it, like, coated? Like, what did it look like? Probably. Oh, it's probably coated, rotted, (laughs) full of fucking snot and all sorts of shit. Fucking so gross. Gross, right? But anyway, imagine what it's like to only have partial ability to breathe for 37 years. How much relief would that be when, oh my God, I can breathe again. 
That's got to be an incredibly liberating feeling, isn't it? Yeah, I would think so. You probably all of a sudden just start smelling things and you're like, wow, this is how that works. (laughs) Oh, everything always had a plasticky tinge to it when I smelled it. Now I can actually see what a steak smells like. Great. These, these stories are so messed up. It's My cousin uh, had to take his, uh, his kid in, I feel like it was about a year, a year and a half ago, because he was one of those kids that stuck a fucking marble up his nose. Oh, for fuck's sake. And he's like, I'm, I was so embarrassed. You know, I got to go to the ER because I can't get this thing out myself. I tried, obviously, really hard because I don't want to go to the hospital. Like, this is ridiculous. And I had to be that asshole parent that's like, hey, uh, my kid has a marble up his nose. Can you help us out with that? <laughs> And you and you just know that there's like you're you're all of a sudden in that category of those people like uh huh uh huh and why were you not supervising him playing with his marbles uh, no I'm sure they didn't ask the question but yeah but I they mean, were wondering kids kids I don't know what it is with kids just wanting to shove shit up their fucking noses it's insane there's there's certain holes on your body that should be exit only yeah and I feel like your nose is the most important one. Yeah. Don't shove shit up your nose. Yeah. Oh, the, the tiddlywinks thing, just to bring this to a close, to get it out through the mouth, they had to actually push it further into the oh. nose so that it dropped into the sinus cavity, uh. and then they reached up and uh. grabbed it out of the sinus through there. Was she awake for that, or do you know? You know what? I don't even think I want to know. I'm just going oh. to hope and pray that she was out for that, because that would be the most disturbing feeling if you were awake when they did that. Oh my God, that's so gross. But hey, Gen Xers, today's a great day to find yourself some tiddlywinks and teach the next generation how you used to play. (laughs) Go ahead. Just make sure they don't shove anything up their fucking nose. All right. (laughs) We got to go. Have an amazing week, everybody. We No, no, uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Oh, but this is a good opportunity to remind people we're starting our summer hours. So we're going to be off on Thursday for Canada Day. We're taking Friday off, too. So uh, you'll get a couple more podcasts this week. Uh, friendly reminder to all those who are uh, in Waterloo Region and still not able to open up. Fuck you, Doug! Exactly, and have yourselves a great day. An astounding 210 cases today. Fuck, oh no. Blockbusters are out. Fast and Furious is out. Fast and Furious 9. Uh, uh, Well, if you haven't seen it yet, trust me, you have. You know what else is hot? The housing market. It's so hot, people are putting their homes up at ridiculous prices. They don't even want to sell. They're just doing to see what they can get. I'm serious. They're doing... I saw a sign on a homeless tent that said, uh, shown by appointment only. (laughs) Now that the Olympics has added skateboarding as an official Olympic sport, they must change their drug policy so that athletes are banned if they don't test positive for drugs. Some business news, Popeye's just introduced the new I don't know meal for people who can't decide what to order. How can you be undecided when the entire menu has basically one thing? The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold, guaranteed, or he'll buy it. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. 
<laughs> For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.